Some time ago, I needed to pick up my tefillin from shul. There's one problem. Anybody knows Paran Street, where I live? There's a lot of parking there. It's a Friday, especially. No parking. I see a young boy. And from the car, I said, would you mind getting my tefillin? It's in the Bima, where I leave it sometimes after Shabbos, come straight to Yeshiva. He kindly said yes. I spent a long time looking for my tefillin. Came in, came out, again, in and out. I was very impressed with his uh, resilience and his wanting to help another yid. He didn't know me, and finally came out triumphantly with the tefillin. I asked him, what's your name? He said, Zax. It's really, he just said the last name often, you know. Zax. I said, was the Chavitz Chaim your grandfather? Chavitz Chaim's son-in-law was named Zax. And he nodded, yes. I said, your grandfather would be proud of you. We don't all have illustrious ancestors like the Chavitz Chaim. We all root back to Father Abraham. Abraham. We should all hope in our lives to make our of us, proud of us. Every year it's such a treat and an opportunity to delve deeper and deeper into the lives of Rav Yitzhak and Yaakov, Sar Rivka, Roch, and Leah. We're studying the greatest people in history. Leaders, founders, idealists, historic individuals, and so much more than that. Before that deep dive, I just want to digress a second. I feel like you have to say something about the Matzav during these times. So much has been said. I just want to share briefly two maybe new and a little bit related perspectives two ideas I want to share not sad ideas, don't worry, it's not going to be like that but I want to talk about the importance of seeing things through Torah glasses and the importance of living with Das, with Chachma with wisdom and proper thinking where that gets one to in Germany with the Nazi takeover there was a rash of suicides in the secular German world. We didn't find a parallel to that in Poland at all. In both those places, the killing machines weren't set up right away like they were in Lithuania and Russia. So they both had the Tukuvas, the ghettos and all that, etc. Which one? Why? Why was it that secular Jews were committing suicide? And the Torah Jews in Poland weren't. The secular Jew in Germany, his whole world was shattered. He invested so much in German culture. I once read there was nowhere an intellectual would rather be than Berlin in the 1920s. Nowhere. The 20s isn't that far before the 30s and the 40s. And then the brown shirts, Goebbels, not Hitler Youth, Mein Kampf, took over whole society. <laughs> What's going on? My life is, my life is gone. My my perspective, my my belief system, my values, my culture, my Weltanschauung. Now imagine the from Jew, who is simpler, not so cosmopolitan, doesn't read Hermann Hesse or Gotti, doesn't listen to the fine sounds of Wagner, but he knows the Chazal, Ace of Sone Yaakov. Rashi brings this idea, I think more famously, for Pshim Bar Yochai. Amr Pshim Bar Yochai. Halachihi. Biyadua. Sheis Sisoni Yaakov. 
It's Allah. That Esav hates Yaakov. There's a hatred. By the way, the same Medrash says, Yishmol son of Yitzchok. Shenemr, Vateirisaris ben Hagar Mitzachik. They Mitzachik el Shubikesh lahargo. This is a given perspective on the whole story. Shmuel tried to kill Yitzchak, according to that medrash. Okay, but back to our Yiddel in Poland. So he remembers that. Esav saw Yaakov. Esav hates Yaakov. And he isn't nearly as surprised or thrown off as his German brethren. So that's a powerful picture. But extract the idea. That's the koach of living with Chazal. Their words and the words of the other Gedoliadoras are lights in one's life. They give us direction. They give us hope. They give us, they anchor us. They teach us the keys to success of life. Even how to invest. It was once in America, many B'nai Torah lost a lot of money. I think it was in the stock market. A little bit of money they were getting together. They married their kids, things like that. They were trying to make millions. When Ramosha Feinstein was told about this, he was surprised. The B'nai Torah didn't follow Chazal's advice who talk about diversifying, put a third in this and a third in that and a third in real estate. They put all their money in the stock market? Chazal told us, you don't put all your eggs in one basket. Even investing, that was Ramosha's thing. Why did they follow the light of Chazal when it came to investing? That's a call for living with Chazal. Living with statements. We know how to act. So much suffolk in the world, so much lack of clarity. And Torah is so clear. But we don't just have Chazal, we have Seichel, a mind. The ability to develop our minds, and even when Chazal don't fill in the picture, we can perceive things ourselves. I just want to give one example. I hope everybody is wondering, I know so many are wondering, like, what happened to universities? <laughs> what? But a chacham is roas anolad. A wise man sees what will be. Roas anolad sees what comes out. So I want to share words from a chacham who spoke 37 years ago. It's a long time ago, 37 years. Past the age of most of those seated here. America today, you have to know, is in very great danger. And don't say it's something they always say. No, it's not what they always say. Today there's an adversarial attitude being taught in all the colleges. The youth are being taught to hate America, to hate authority, to hate police, to hate anything that's established, to fight the establishments, 1985. What that means, they don't even know what they're talking about, but anything of authority, they want to hate. We're in great seconda today, because these wicked people studying on the college campus, there's going to be the judges, and they'll be the college professors in the years to come. We're going to reap a great whirlwind, Chas Hashem, in the years to come. We're in great seconda in America. Don't think America is always going to be. America is at the crossroads, and this is the point he was saying, and it's up to us to help it out as much as we can for Victor Miller. I didn't want to talk about the not could, the disengagement, but again, let's not get lost in the drama. But the idea is someone of chachma, someone of perception, someone of wisdom can see into things and know and realize and not wait till it gets so bad that... And Bezrat Hashem, the more that we can link ourselves to Chazal and to correct thinking, the better lives we will have. Okay, back to the Avis. There's so many lessons, really, infinite lessons for us to glean from them. 
But I want to take a step back, zoom out and take a broader view of who they were, what they were doing, and what we learned from them. And this is a work really you have to always do, to see Klolem. The Sifri says, A person wants to look for a klal, for a general principle. Well, what are the general principles at work in my life, in the Torah, in the Sugya? The Ramchal writes in the Akdam the Derech Hashem that he wrote a whole book, which is really the klal of Yiddishkeit, the Derech Hashem. That's why it's such an amazing guide to those who learn it well. It's impossible to hold all the details. But a klal holds so many details. So when you have the clone, you have all the details. And we all know how it doesn't feel right. Sometimes you see someone who's very involved in all the details of Yiddishkeit, but they're missing the they're missing the bitter klal. What does it mean to be a Yid? What's what's the point of it all? You're being mocked in halacha, but you're not getting the, the, the sense. He doesn't understand what Yad is really all about. And, of course, there's a special to do the reason to do this when we discuss the Avis, because that's what an Av is. An av is a klal. Avis malachas. Told us malachas. Av avis nazikin. Av, the word av means a klal. When you see a dad, you see the children and grandchildren, and to some extent all the generations that will come out. You're the avis of Dorus. Rebel Yashiv, one of the greatest post-human leaders of the last generation, passed away at 104, I think. I think his parents were 14 years without him, and he was a single child. Only child. And I've heard that he had, when he passed away, a thousand progeny, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, great-great-grandchildren, a thousand. From that one cloud in his life, he saw, I'm sure he didn't know all their names, but a thousand great-great-grandchildren. He was the cloud of all those pratim. And one can imagine how all those children in the home of as it's gotten, maybe it's up to 2,000 now, who knows, looked up to the grandfather and great-great-grandfather and knew what a Jew is supposed to be, what Amalat Torah is, what responsibilities, what Yashras is, and a thousand other things that really Yashra was. We know what a human being can be when we look at Zaydi. Zaydi all shmooze about him. And our Avis were especially that they were clawing. They each, as is well known, represented different approaches and emphasis in their Avodah Hashem. The world stands on three pillars, Torah, Avodah, Gemil, Chasadim. Gemil, Chasadim, of course, was Avram, Avodah was Yitzchak, Torah was Yaakov. So I want to focus on some of the maybe less known Kolom, the others, what we have to take out of them. Lessons from our fathers. Number one, do you ever wonder where does the Jewish people get its strength, strength from? How does a Yid say all the bad things that are going on in his life and still say, as Rabbi Kiva taught us, everything Hashem does is for good. What makes some secular Jews in Odessa in the 1800s suddenly get an itch and say, you know what? Not Uganda, not Madagascar. There's one place for us, Eretz Yisrael. And especially, what gave simple Jews down the Doris the wherewithal to give up their life for Yichud Hashem? Listen to these two Mishnayis. That both mention Avram. Let's note the difference between them. Mishnah says, Asar Doris me Adam ad Noach, ten generations, Asar Doris me Noach ad Avram. Mishnah Bet. Mishnah Gimel. Asar Nisonia, excuse me, Asar Nisnasa Avram Avinu. Mishnah Bet references Avraham and calls him Avram. 
Mishnah Bet calls him Avram Avinu. Why in this Mishnah do we call him Avram Avinu? In this Mishnah do we call him Avram? So Rabbi Chaim Belajner famously says, Mishalach Betumah Tzadik Ashri Banav Achrov. When a person goes Betzikus, Betumo, straightness with purity, his children are lucky after him. Kikamamidus, Tovus, Shitzadik Tarach Biagea, Lasigam. There are things that a tzaddik had to work very hard to bring into himself. Lebanov acharav heim keteva mutba. To the child, afterwards, he could have never seen the father. But it's like a teva already. It's a natural thing. Now, without seeing the father, it's a teva mutba. Since it's something that's in the sun already, as one can apparently see, says Rabbi Chaim Velazhner, the down the to give up our lives for God came from Abraham. And where does it come from? Suddenly it says, giving up the lap of luxury in the United States, Canada. France. Talking before when it was safe. Oh, I have to go there to throw. Where that comes from? That comes from Lechachor. Kabbalah is called the Abdin Mishmai Latav, and being Kabbalah everything Latav means Soyin Harav Shlo Hirachamidus Hashem Yisbarach. And the idea that everything is good was Avram Zavina, which was really a central part in the Sarah and Sionis of not being Mahara, accepting a God's judgments and God's uh, declarations in his ways. So all those things Avram put in us. And therefore, the first Mishnah is a, re- is a historical recounting. There were ten generations from someone named Adam to someone named Noah. And there were ten generations from someone named Noah to someone named Avram. He wasn't Avram Avinu in that context. But when we talk about his Nisyonot, when we talk about his tests, then he was our father, because that's where he became an Avtas. You want to know who you are? Look at the Elvis. Take in their strength week to week, because this is a story of you. They bequeath to us a different nature. Every Jew can feel eternity because of them. If you feel special, it's because you are. If you meet someone sometimes with a great yichus, you see a certain special pride in them, a nice pride. Anik Lever Melech. Ali Melech of gets many, many. Achasam Sofer, also someone who's run into a lot of great grandchildren. But we're all miyuchasim. We all have yichus. Those of us with Jewish parents, and those who made the amazing choice to become sons of Avram, Abraham and Goyim. We all have to have that healthy pride in us. I'm a yid. Look who my daddy was. So this is the first cloud, general point, that all these stories and all this greatness and all that we learn in these parshas, we have to say, that's in me. These are my grandparents. And their spiritual legacy is my spiritual reality. Okay. Second thing I want to teach, the second cloud. For every safer of the Chumash, we find a special name. It's a Chazal. Tvarim is, of course, called Mishnah Torah. Ben Mimbar is called Sefer HaPekudim. Vayikra is Torah's Kohanim. Shmos is Sefer Agula, the Book of Redemption. 
And surprisingly, Bereshit is called Sefer Hayasher. The book of straightness. And the Yisharim, the straight ones, shows us how basic the Avas words of the whole story. It's their book, the Yisharim, Sefer Yasher, Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov, Yisharim. But why that name? We could have called it Sefer Tzadikim, we could have called it Sefer Hasidim, many different things we would call Sefer Avas. What's the Yisharim? The Natsib has a remarkable piece, which I want to share with you. Yasher, he says, is straightness, how one deals with other human beings. To treat others with fairness and love, even if you don't see eye to eye to them. And you're even sure they're wrong and you even hate their actions. Here's a loose translation of his inspiring words. The others weren't just Sadiqim and Hasidim. They were Risharim. They dealt with despicable idolaters, who they knew were despicable idolaters. Doesn't make a difference. With love. And they were concerned with their welfare. Avram Avinu davening for stone. He treated Lot with the utmost respect. Even though Avram Avinu deeply disagreed with them, he was like a father to them. Av Hamon Goyim. And a father cares for his children, even if they aren't in his way. And this is what keeps society going. What keeps the world a normal place to be in? And with that, then the TV answers another question. How does this idea of Sefer Yasher interface with the idea of being Sefer Baratius? Book of Creation. Because that Yashras, that decency, is what's needed to have a normal civilization. A Baratius without eternal principles, without Yashras, is going to fall apart. God created a world, but the others made it a civilized world, a decent world. And only a civilized world can continue in a sound and fitting manner. We sometimes think that our responsibility to others stops with doing chesed. I do chesed. I do chesed. Some people don't do chesed. Gotta do chesed. I do my quote of nice things. But it's not just about chesed. That's not enough. It's about treating every human being with respect, being honest, trustworthy, not nickel and diming a, a, a non-Jew because you can. Someone who did a good, honest job for us deserves to be paid honestly. Relating to people who think, and dare I say, vote differently than us, with respect. You're a Republican, I'm a Democrat. Is that really a reason to split up America? It's about loving those on the left of us and loving those on the right of us. Let's go a little bit deeper. Let's scratch the surface a little more. Anyone honest with himself knows how sometimes it's much easier to live with someone less religious than them because they don't challenge me. But if you're more religious than me, the chutzpah, I hate you. How could he be mocked in a way of something? How could he have these crazy chumras? How could he live without a smartphone? How could he do this? How? So this is the second quality of us that we have to emulate. Yashra, stay where you sharm. That was, according to the essence. The book was named Sefer Yashra because of this midah. 
our third and final claw. And this might be the most important of all, yet it's, I believe, the least well-known. So listen carefully. Imagine, please, a beautiful prize racehorse running gracefully and at full speed on the lovely green meadow. Everybody has that image? Now imagine a mosquito-infested swamp, all that yichy green stuff growing on it, low-hanging vines, dragonflies, malaria, the smell of putrid water. Now imagine taking good old Rich Strike, that beautiful racehorse, and instead of letting it run on that beautiful meadow, you tell it to run through the swamp. <clears throat> you hope its owner isn't looking, yeah? Hashem, according to the Gemara, when speaking of the reward that the Ovis will have, and it's not such a well-known Gemara, says, they were kesusim haratsim lefonai bebitze amayim. They were like horses running in front of me in the swamps, the deep, smelly swamps. We imagine the Elvis as free-spirited racehorses sitting in a lotus position, feeling the love of God. But the truth is they had difficulty after difficulty. Difficulty after difficulty. They were in swamps. Avram leaves his home, the home of his father. The whole world is against him. Avram Avery. He gets thrown into a molten pit. He didn't have children for years. And then he had a son who basically went OTD. And he had to send him away. How hard is that for a father? Then another son. The son, Asher Ahavtas Yitzchak. Who had to deeply contemplate killing on the way to kill your other son. Asar Nisyonus. Yitzchak mirrored so many of those Nisyonus. And Yaakov so many terrible things that Yaakov dealt with. His beloved wife died. He's cheated severely by his father-in-law. His brother, his twin, wants and tries to kill him. And after all that, years and years, he loses Yosef, spends a kunim, the special love for a, in Yiddish, even term, a jinka. Yosef, everything that Yaakov had, he was most to Yosef. The Ketonus Pasim is just a simon. He saw Yosef as the Hemshech, as we know, and in the Svarim, Yosef was a Mitzasav. When he used to talk about it, Yosef, any child of Yaakov, but this is the one Rachel son who the whole Hemshech is Yosef, and he's gone. But through everything, they kept running. And not stop running, running like this prized horse. It was marshes, it was difficulty, but it didn't stop them. I have a headache, you know, my emotional... What did I dream? I had a slightly unpleasant dream today. I'll be in Seder two hours late. They were running. They were running. They had headaches. They had difficulties. They had hisnagdas to them. They had emotional... People were against them. It doesn't stop them. They were running. Every marsh in their path. There was no mountain high enough. And Rabbi Rucham, the great Mashkir of the Mir, explains this further... And it explains, it wasn't just about the difficulty. He says, when things are going well, a lot of times you go into automatic pilot. 
I like Seder, I do this, I come on time, I daven, it's all easy. When it's easy, you can run on automatic pilot. No Bechira. You don't need to really use your Bechira that much. I put myself in a good way and I go with it. I don't have to keep making decisions, I coast. But to keep running in a marsh? You stay in there month after month, like we might have to do. You have to keep deciding and deciding. Even though sometimes you think you're getting nowhere fast, you're just spinning your wheels. You see why it's such an important idea, not to say one well known. That was the Abbas. Each, all the Abbas, all the Abbas. And using our Bechira, making decisions about how we want to spend our time. And even when things are difficult, we keep going. This is the third call we have to bring into ourselves. We shouldn't end the work day and the learning day and just say to yourself, how much money did I make? How long did I learn? How much did I use my free will? How many decisions did I make today? How many correct decisions? How much did I give in to my emotions? Give in to my immaturities? Give in to everything that's going around? How much did I stand up and be a man? How much was I like the others? I might not be close at the end of the month to finish finishing the month at the end of the day. Maybe I didn't understand everything, but I used my Bechira right. We see success. I made a good investment, made a thousand dollars. That's a good day. <laughs> but the day when you use your Bechira, that's a good day. When I had to make decisions, when I kept running, when I kept pushing. There are marshes in all of our lives. Kleisrol is in a big marsh. One big marsh, Golaza. But we're running. Jewish people, Baruch Hashem. Such a time. You see the Ruach of the Am, King Yirbu, Kleisos together like never before. Our, 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 our land here, we're all together. We know we're, we're running. We're running together. So these friends are three of us of the of us. Three general ideas we see in them that we need to reflect on and remember these weeks. First off, the idea of Avram, Avinu. They gave us a different DNA. And we can know who we can be by looking at their lives. To remember, too, the idea of being Yasher. We treat all humanity, Jew and non-Jew alike, with respect, trustworthiness to those I agree with and those I strongly disagree with. And finally, to remember that the others were like horses running through a Yichi marsh. And in a way, when I'm trying and using my Bechira, my free choice, and not being successful, I'm more like them than when I am successful. Hashem should help us to keep looking for Klolem and to live up to our amazing heritage, that of Avram Yitzhak Yaakov. Amen.